0: And welcome to episode 17 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, we're gonna be breaking down the latest NBA free agency rumors, and then we're gonna talk some baseball where these balls are going out at a record pace. Rob Manfred. Yesterday talked about it. I call them Balco balls because these things are juice, And we'll talk a little bit about that. But we're going to start with the NBA free agency rumors. And Kevin Durant, the news this morning, reported by Adrian Wojanowski, Gold State Warriors star Kevin Durant has declined his $31.5 million player option and will become an unrestricted free agent, league sources tell ESPN. Durant and his business manager Rich Kleiman are in New York evaluating free agency options so far the process has stayed private so Kevin Durant we all knew he was going to opt out of that deal become a free agent now what are his options his options are he can re-sign with the Golden State Warriors for an extra year and a designated player extension supermax deal which would take him into the 221 per five years so we get 221 million through five years or he could leave for New York or Brooklyn or the Clippers and sign for something in excess of $161 million over four years. So really, if you look at the Vegas odds, Brooklyn is still the prohibitive favorite to sign Kevin Durant, and a lot of that surrounds, one, he wants to be in that market, that that East Coast New York market, and then also his ties with Kyrie Irving. So him and Kyrie... The word on the street is they have been in talks to join forces for quite some time now. And really, apparently, Kevin Durant is not quite sold on Brooklyn. Look, however you slice it, Brooklyn, they're basically an expansion team at this point that really hasn't accomplished much. Yes, they have probably have the best arena in the country in the NBA. Yes, they have uh, an owner and facilities. They have a lot of things going for them. But they're not the New York Knicks. They don't have that name cachet, that brand cachet. They're not playing in Madison Square Garden. And really, you got a lot of people saying, should the Knicks sign Kevin Durant? Would it be a smart move for them to not sign Kevin Durant? And I'm here to tell you, if you are the New York Knicks and you have been an inept franchise for this long, you haven't done anything since 1999, okay, for the last two decades— They have been a dormant franchise in the top market, in the mecca of basketball. And you're wondering, should you sign Kevin Durant, Achilles tear or not? I get it. Look, you're close to Wall Street. The idea isn't you buy low, you buy high and you sell low. No, you buy low and you sell high. And with him, you definitely have to buy high. In fact, you wouldn't even, he wouldn't even be playing for 25% of that contract. But look, I'm telling you, Kevin Durant is a guy who, when healthy, he's an elite player. Before he went down, I had him as the best player in the NBA. And I think that it's a no-brainer if you are the New York Knicks because you still have $70 million in cap space. You bring him in. Luckily, you got R.J. Barrett. Who knows what he becomes? And if you look at it, I'm telling you, this is a move that I would make. I just would dot every I, cross every T, check out that medical report, and make sure... That it looks like he's going to make a recovery. He's not a guy that relies relies on his explosiveness. If there was one guy, if there was one NBA player that could come back and show no signs, no signs of that Achilles tear, to me, it's Kevin Durant. He's not a guy that you need going to the rim and exploding for buckets. He's a guy who's seven feet, seven feet one, seven foot one. And he can shoot over just about everyone. So if I'm him, look, Wes Matthews came back and he had a decent career and he's like six one. If I'm the Knicks, I don't even think twice about that. I give him all that money. I give him that bag. And if you look at it, notable players with Achilles tears, their days between games, Dominique Wilkins, 92, 283 games. LaFonso Ellis, at 97. He had 20, 222 games in between his Achilles tear. Elton Brand, 243 games. Chauncey Billups, 296. Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba, 240 games. Recently, you had Rudy Gay at 273. And then DeMarcus Cousins at 357. So look, medical the medical advancements... When it comes to this Achilles tear, the procedure is a little different than it used to be. And look, I'm telling you, you make that signing if you're the New York Knicks and you just change the goodwill of your franchise. The NBA just fined the Knicks $50,000 for refusing to allow the Daily News into the Barrett press conference. And really, it's just a mess. And to me, the only thing that you could do to change that up is you sign Kevin Durant and you bring him to New York and you hope that he revitalizes the Garden, re-energizes the Garden, this is the mecca of basketball. If you walk the streets of New York, there's not, not a lot of space for soccer fields and football fields, baseball diamonds. You just got a lot, a lot of baseball, of uh, basketball courts. The most basketball courts per capita, per mile, is New York City, okay? This is a basketball city, a city that loves their hoops, and they're a city that deserves to get Kevin Durant. And to me, I think, I think that Kevin Durant, I'm shooting my shot right here. I shot my shot with Kawhi yesterday. I have Kawhi in Toronto. Brooklyn, we had money. We had money right on the money a few weeks ago. Kyrie Irving going to Brooklyn. I'm telling you right now, Kevin Durant is going to sign with the New York Knicks. Kevin Durant will be a New York Knick. He's going to be playing at Madison Square Garden for the New York Knicks. And there's a couple of factors there just beyond the fact they have a great market. Just the fact that they're the New York Knicks playing New York City. He has ties, established ties, to a lot of the Knicks organization. He has so many ties with the organization. He's the godfather of Royal Ivy's daughter, A Texas alum, he's also a Longhorn, just like KD, and a former teammate at OKC. And then those guys, they are really tight. They're really good friends, and he's still an assistant coach with the Knicks. And there's also a report that DeAndre Jordan, who played for the Knicks last year, could close the deal with KD, and he could add some fodder to this. So DeAndre Jordan is very close with Kevin Durant. And apparently Kyrie is trying to get DeAndre Jordan to join the Nets to try to get KD. So, look, you got David Fisdale. You got Rich Kleiman, who said his dream job is to be the GM of the New York Knicks. You got the New York market. KD Studios moved to New York. I mean, I'm telling you, right now, you can book it. Don't even worry about the Woj bomb. Don't even worry about checking your phone for the push notifications. Kevin Durant will join the New York Knicks. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. New York Knicks fans, it's going to be a while. But look, there's a reason why the Knicks have been saying be patient. The Knicks front office has been telling their fans to be patient. And to me, you got DSJ, Dennis Smith Jr., the, Ma- the Mavericks are going to sign Porzingis to a $153 million deal. And if, if it's me, I would rather take a repaired Achilles on KD than an ACL tear at the age of 23 for Porzingis. So say what you want for the New York Knicks, I'm telling you, they are bringing in Kevin Durant. You can book that. Write it down. Cash it in if you want. But we're gonna st- And staying in the NBA, we're going to talk about Jimmy Butler. So, A lot of the recent uh, rumors are surrounding Jimmy Butler and him wanting to join the Houston Rockets. So,
1: when free agency starts on Sunday, Morey's plan is to convince Jimmy Butler to work, try to get Philadelphia to work a sign and trade with the Rockets. You know, essentially tell Philly, I will go sign somewhere that does have cap space. You'll lose me for nothing if you don't work a sign and trade with Philly, with, with Houston, to get me there. And then he would partner up. Jimmy Butler with uh, Chris Paul, with James Harden. As we remember, he offered four first-round picks to Minnesota before he was traded there, he believes, in star power. And to do that deal, hypothetically, it would have to be two of these three players would have to be included in it. Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker. Good players. Very good players. And if, you know, Philly didn't want to take on salary, if they said, okay, if Jimmy's going to leave, we would let them leave. They could you know, they could forward those players on to another team. They could create a trade exception, keep some cap flexibility. But we do know that this weekend, Philadelphia, listen, they're determined to re-sign Jimmy Butler. Now, is it at a four-year max? Is it a five-year max? Will it be something just south of that? They're not interested in just letting him walk.
0: Jimmy Butler, apparently he wants to join the Rockets. But as you know probably, the Rockets don't have – any cap flexibility they have zero space to try to sign him outright so the only way to get the deal done is for them to do it via sign and trade so they would probably have to part ways with Clint Capella who they signed last year and PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon in the hopes that Jimmy Butler just goes to the Philly front office and says look I'm walking no matter what either you get something for me or you get nothing at all and that's going to be the case so Philadelphia will have to decide whether or not they value those players, whether or not they can bring in that talent and flip it for other pieces. But really, if I'm Philadelphia, I'm saying, hey, man, if you want to walk, you can walk, okay? Because no one can offer you the fifth deal. No one's going to offer you. I personally don't think Jimmy Butler is worth $190 million. I don't think he's worth the supermax or the five-year deal that they can offer him. And mainly because, I mean, he's going to his year 30 season, he's grinded a lot. And I just don't think you're going to get value out of the back end of that contract. But if you're Philadelphia and you're hell-bent on making a run now, you don't know how much longer Joel Embiid is going to hold up. We still haven't seen him hold up for for an extended period of time. If you want to try to win now, I don't think it's the worst move. I mean, if you're Philly, you're desperate to win. And that front office has said they're willing to spend. So if you're willing to spend and you're Philadelphia, the move makes sense. And Jimmy Butler, he's definitely a top 15 player per 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 warp he's a top 15 NBA player but really to me it's whether or not you think that he can gel and whether or not you think that he can last in the locker room because he has been nothing short of toxic in every stay in his NBA career in Chicago was toxic in Minnesota you pair him with his old coach who was supposed to work out you saw what happened last year he almost got in a fight with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins then he gets shipped to Philly where things work out for a couple weeks and it starts to ride on his teammates a little bit and they apparently have some chemistry issues. So I'm just saying, Jimmy Butler, if everywhere you go it stinks, it might be you, okay? Because you can't expect everyone to just go along with your mentality and and respond to your leadership style. I mean, some guys are different. The next generation doesn't like all of this uh, The the style he goes where he just wears on guys. And really, if I'm Jimmy Butler and I'm the Rockets, to me, this is a perfect marriage. This is a perfect marriage because the Rockets, they've been desperate for a long time. They signed that terrible deal to Chris Paul, and they're trying to get anything they possibly can out of this championship window that, to me, is slammed shut. It slammed shut the minute they lost in Game 7 last year. So, to me, you go... To Houston. I just want to see it happen. Because I just know that that will be very, very interesting. The drama will be real. I mean, you might get a brawl between teammates on the court. Malice at the Palace, but instead of the team versus the fans, can going to be the, all the players going at it in a little Royal Rumble. And maybe you're looking at the all-NBA toxic team. You got Chris Paul. You got James Harden. You got Jimmy Butler. They might want to bring back Carmelo, sign Dwight Howard. Maybe Latrell Sprewell, Gilbert Arenas, and Stephon Marby will come out of retirement. You never know. But the thing is, anyone, if you, if you look up Rocketry, you know that anything, anytime you want to achieve lift-up, you got to have a violent chemical reaction. And I think that's exactly what will happen. You bring Jimmy Butler in there. It might work for a couple of weeks. They might get off to a hot start. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Jimmy Butler's game. But with Chris Paul and James Harden trying to get them to play defense, trying to get Mike D'Antoni to play defense. I mean, that's going to be a very tall order. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to get that done. But if you want to try to make that deal happen, if I'm Philly, I don't even think about it. I say you can walk if you can walk. If I'm Jimmy Butler, I really think that he should join the Los Angeles Lakers for a couple reasons. One, Lakers are going to be willing to overspend for him. And two, he respects LeBron James. Okay, If there's one guy in this league that he respects – it's LeBron James, and I think that you put him in Los Angeles, he's a perfect third star, he's a guy that can do the dirty work on defense, and if I'm going to take a pay cut, if I'm not going to re-sign with Philly, LA to me is the perfect situation, I really would do that, I wouldn't join the Clippers if I was Jimmy Butler as 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 the feature player, as the predominant star, I would join the Los Angeles Lakers if they're able to free up cab space. But right now, it looks like he's trying to force that move to Houston, and that is going to be a good one. That is what Houston does. If you know the history of the Rockets, the Rockets are always getting players in, in the latter stages of their prime. They did it. In their original championship runs, they brought in Clyde Drexler after his prime. They were able to get a championship out of it, but that was when Hakeem, even at 32, was dominating the league. And then they bring in Charles Barkley. That was a failure. They bring in Scottie Pippen. That was a failure. And really, that's just what the Rockets do. I mean, they're, they're a team that tries to win now, and they're not very patient as an organization. And really, this is a move that you can totally see Jimmy... Butler wanting to force him in the Rockets. Yes, he's from Texas, uh, but I just don't, I just don't see that as a winning formula. Him going to Houston, but other NBA news is Kemba Walker is apparently going. Oh yeah, so my take for Jimmy Butler, it's tough to read right now because Jimmy Butler, you don't know whether or not that Philly is going to respond to the idea of a sign and trade. But Daryl Morey, the riverboat gambler, he usually pulls it off when he really wants to. So you could see him going to Houston. But really, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I stay in Philadelphia. I think that Jimmy Butler ultimately will stay with the Philadelphia 76ers. Look for him to sign that deal. It's really a good situation. He's a, if There's one town that would respond to Jimmy Butler to respond to his antics. I really think it's the Philadelphia 76ers. So I think right now, I told you I have Kevin Durant going to the New York Knicks, KD to NYC, and then I got Jimmy Butler going to re-sign with the 76ers. This is a guy, trust me, man, this is a guy who gets it. He understands where his career is at. He understands what that bag will be. And really, if I'm Philly, I don't entertain the idea of a sign and trade. And I say that, hey, man, you're going to stay in the East. This is a much better situation, better players, easier conference to get a top four, easier conference to get all star nods. Trust me. Trust me on this one. I'm feeling better and better about it the more I talk about it. I got Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler staying in the city of brotherly love. So I got him staying in Philly. And next we're going to talk about Kemba Walker. So Kemba Walker, he's in a similar situation to Jimmy Butler. He can re-sign with his current team for more money, get a fifth year, summon $190 million plus, or he can walk. And apparently the favorites to sign him right now, you got the Boston Celtics. So the Boston Celtics, Kyrie just left them at the altar And they're desperate for another point guard, guard, playmaker. And Boston is apparently looking at Kemba Walker. And apparently they're the favorite right now to sign Kemba Walker. And then you got the Dallas Mavericks. So the Dallas Mavericks are definitely in the mix. And then you got the Lakers and the Knicks further down the line to get Kemba services. So me, I like Kemba Walker. I think he's a guy, 25-plus score. He can shoot close to 40 from three. He's a guy that uh, defensively doesn't give you too much, but he's a guy that has had to carry the Charlotte Hornets for years now. And I think if you put him in a situation with more talent, he's a guy that has shown he's been clutch all the way back to his UConn days when he was killing it at UConn. This is a guy who wants the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter, and he's a guy that I'm high on for a couple more years of his prime. He's another guy; he's getting close to his 30s. He's not very tall; he's around six foot one, six foot one and a half. But if I'm a franchise like the Dallas Mavericks, you can never have too many playmakers, and you got Porzingis, Luka Doncic, and I think that they're really wanting to win now. Yes, they have young talent, but also Dallas understands that really they've been down for a few years. They got Doncic. They got their guy. Why not win? And Kemba Walker, to me, is a signing that would make a lot of sense for Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. And I think that, if you're Kemba Walker, why would you consider signing with the Boston Celtics? I don't understand. Yes, you went to UConn, close to Connecticut. Yes, you understand that Boston, they do have some tradition. But look what has happened to the point guards that have gone to Boston in recent years. Look what happened to Isaiah Thomas. He, going to Boston, staying in Boston, playing through that hip injury, cost Isaiah Thomas over $100 million, okay? And Kyrie Irving, he goes there, he busts his knee, has a bacterial infection in that knee, and then all hell breaks loose in the locker room, and he has a terrible time in Boston. I mean, it's basically turning into Chernobyl for point guards if you're going to Boston. If I'm Kemba Walker, I stand very, very, very—I keep my distance from the Boston Celtics— And if you're Charlotte, if you're Michael Jordan, yes, you drafted Kemba Walker. Yes, Kemba Walker is a fan favorite. But look, Michael, look his airness. Look, MJ, you can't sign him, have him take up 35% of your cap without much. Look, you signed that Batum deal a couple years ago. If you're Charlotte, I think you do the right thing and you allow him to walk. And I don't think that you can really build a contender around him. He's more of a second third option player my prediction for Campbell Walker I hope for his sake for his career sake, he doesn't end up in Boston I think Campbell Walker I think that the Dallas Mavericks make too much sense for him Dallas they've shown to be a city that can get you a free agent that that is a free agent destination that uh, that NBA players covet and I think that he signs with the Dallas Mavericks so my pick For Kemba Walker, I have him signing with the Dallas Mavericks. I like the signing. Kemba Walker, Rookie of the Year. I mean, Luka Doncic, Rookie of the Year. Chris Porzingis. I'm telling you, that would be a fun team. That would be a playoff team. So sign with the Mavericks, Kemba Walker. Lastly, we're going to switch to Major League Baseball, where Rob Manfred talked about the home run explosion this year and really... If you're not checking this out, baseballs are flying out of stadiums at an alarming rate, and it's really just getting out of control. This year alone, baseball is on pace to hit 6,483 home runs this season, 1,000 more than last season's 585, and 500 more than 2017's all-time high of 6,105. At least 13 of Major League Baseball's 30 teams are in positions to break that franchise record. So, baseballs are flying out of stadiums, and it's just getting crazy, man. It seems like everyone has at least 10 home runs. I feel like I have two home runs this year. I mean, the way that these things are flying out of stadiums, and if you look at it, 21 players are expected to hit more than 40 home runs, including Christian Yelich, who's projected to hit 61, and... <clears throat> the number who have already exceeded last season's home run total currently stands at 36. So everyone is going to have a career year if you're a slugger in Major League Baseball. And really, the all the talk this week was about Rob Manfred talking about how the baseball has changed and why it seems like it's juiced. I call them Balco balls because these things are juiced. And if you saw the other night, too, check out Nomar. Mazzara's home run with the Rangers dude he hit that 500 foot home run this past Friday tying the StatCast era record so in 2018 only 82 home runs surpassed 450 feet this year you already have 84 so they're hitting them a mile and you just see it; it's the baseball itself. They started in Triple A. There was a home run binge in Triple A. Unfortunately, they're using the old ball to pitch to the San Francisco Giants because they only have seventy home runs. But that's just what it is. And Jason Stark of the Athletic uh, had a, had a talk with Rob Manfred. And Rob Manfred said, "We do think it's a drag issue." So apparently, it's a drag issue. But we know, that's my thing with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, if you look after the lockout, what brought the fans back in the stadium, it was the home runs. It was guys looking like the Hulk. It was everyone getting super juiced up, and they acted like they had no idea what was going on until they had to act, and that ended that. So they're like, okay, we can't juice the players. We're going to have to juice the baseball. So, even David Freeze, David Freeze, the Dodgers the, uh, a couple weeks ago, he said, I don't really know how that ball went out, but it did. So play, even players are like, hey, man, what is going on here? And if you look at it, too, it's not just long distance, too. The, despite the fact that fly ball rates are up less than 0.5%, so fly ball rates are up... Less than 0.5% from 2017 and 2018. But home runs are up 7.8% and then 17.8% this year. So balls are going out and there's a lot of ideas. Yes, he talks about the core, the way it's centered. The seams are lower. The leather is smoother. The ball is rounder. Oh, yeah, it also says a nerf on the baseball, okay? Because you make solid contact, and that thing's going 20 rows deep. And I'm telling you, they're playing with, ber- uh, with nerf balls. You cut that thing open, you probably see confetti and flubber just the way it is. And really, it comes down to the issue is how do you feel about that? Do you feel like it's good for the game? Do you feel like it's bad for the game? You know the cliche, chicks dig the long ball, fans dig the long ball, TV networks dig the long ball. But look, at some point, you do face some diminishing returns there, okay? I mean, slam dunks. You see slam dunks. You see three-pointers with the Warriors, more three-pointers in the NBA. You just become a little less impressed. But baseball is in a situation where they can control just how their sport operates from a scoring standpoint. Basketball can't do that. If basketball wanted more three-pointers, what, could they make the rim 10 feet wide, right? They couldn't change the diameter of the rim. Football, you couldn't put Velcro on the football and give people Velcro gloves and that sort of thing. So, look, they've tried it. every Every sport we've seen, basketball, football, baseball, all have one thing in common, and that is to increase scoring. Because when you increase scoring, fan interest is up. People want to see action. Scoring equals action. And baseball is on that, so it's just it's just everyone is benefiting. Back in 2000, there was 47 players that hit at least 30 home runs, and that was a shocker. In 2000, you had 47 players that hit home runs, but this year it's widespread. Everyone's getting their jacks, and really, I think that uh, you got to think about you got to find some balance. I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers, Walker Buehler. He had one of the greatest pitching performances I had ever seen, and it would probably have been a perfect game had it not been for some backspin on a couple of would-be, should-be fly balls. So it's it's almost like they took the Major League Baseball, went to the baseball gods, and they sacrificed the single, they sacrificed the uh, the walks, and they sacrificed the strikeouts, and they really said, hey, give us home runs, and we'll give you whatever you want. It almost reminds me of how the mid-range jump shot has disappeared in in the NBA. The mid-range jump shot is a lost art, and really, that's kind of a bummer, because I like it. It's a more dynamic game. It's a game that has more nuance to it, and to me, it's a more entertaining product. But look, I hey, I'm only human. I'm a sucker for the home run, too, But I just think you need to tone it down a little bit. Yes, I'd rather see the ball modified or juiced uh, per se than having the players juice themselves for obvious reasons, health reasons, and that sort of thing. Levels the playing field, of course. But, I mean, you had the dead ball era. This is the lead ball era because balls are going out like bullets, or you can call it the Manfred ball era. Cause look, Rob Manfred, I'm kind of some days I like him, some days I don't. But come on, just be a little more upfront. The ball has been changed. You want more scoring. You're trying to appeal to fans that love the long ball. And that just that's just how it is. It's the most exciting play in sports to me I mean really it's just it's the degree of difficulty the crack of the bat I'm a sucker for a home run but I I would take Walker Buehler's 16 strikeout game over a four home run game any day so if you're Rob Manfred look at the stars of Major League Baseball in history look at the guys that you go and come see you go you go buy a ticket to see um, uh, an everyday player, of course you do. You know, oh, he uh, Bellinger's in the lineup, Yelich is in the lineup, Mike Trout is in the lineup. But when you got a star pitcher, Randy Johnson, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, you pay special attention. You make that appointment viewing, and you got stars like Ryu, like Walker Bueller, guys coming up. That are phenomenal stars. You don't want to lose that, and you don't want to wear out those bullpens. So to me, you don't want to lose the the rich history of having aces and arms. So I think you got to find a balance. But uh, I'm not totally against. I like the home runs. But, look, just be up front with us. Don't play these games and shrug your shoulders like, oh, I don't know why these balls are going out. You know exactly what's going on, okay? And, really, one guy I really feel bad for is the broadcasters. The broadcasters themselves, they're really the ones that are suffering. I was – the Charlie – a lot of people out here in Los Angeles – are giving Charlie Steiner a lot of heat because of a ball that went deep, a game winner, and he was calling it like it was a routine fly out. So you're going to have broadcasters like, and it looks like it's going to be an infield single, oh, oh, an infield fly rolling effect, oh, it, it, it. and it's over the fence for a home run. You don't want that happening because there's too many jacks but uh, but they need to figure it out. So Major League Baseball, and we're, this is not the first time we're going to talk about this. I'm pretty obsessed with this topic of the balls flying out, of how it's affecting Major League Baseball. And we're going to dive into this. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Get More Sports Podcast. See you guys Friday. Like I said, we're working on that first interview for the GMS Podcast. And we're working on that. Look for that coming up. You can follow me on Twitter at D-M-A-C underscore L-A. That's D-M-A-C underscore L-A. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for rocking with us. Thanks for rocking with us once again. And I'm out.